Welcome back to the uh, What's the Deal podcast with Alex. Uh, this is a special episode because I get to interview and talk to, interact with a little bit with my sister. Um, and so, as always, I'm going to start with uh, something that I hate. Um, and th- the thing that I hate now that I want to talk about is our people who obviously don't care about anyone else besides themselves, um, when they go to check out at a self-checkout area and they have 20, 30 things in their shopping cart and it takes them half an hour to check out. While me, standing there with my four things, I have to wait for them to be done before I can check out. Um, Very annoying and I hate it. So uh, I'm going to pass the mic over to my sister and she's going to give her opinion and sort of a counterpoint, uh, on what, uh, sort of a, a difference of opinion. I hate it just outright, universally, it, with no excuses. But uh, I, she, I think she has a, an interesting um, opinion. Hello. Um, I am Lauren. Um, I am a little bit different of opinion just because I feel that grocery stores aren't uh, employing cashiers to their full capability nowadays. Um which is okay if you wanted to go to self-checkout, but if it's going to be um, only that, it, all your self-checkout lines should be open and clear. I also don't understand why, if you have 100 items, would you want to go through a self-checkout and have not have a paid employee do it for you? Because that just seems they're, why the store's not paying you to scan your own items. Um, so that's really how I feel. Uh, I do all my grocery shopping online nowadays. Thank you, COVID. Um, so I don't have to go through this anymore. So, yay. And I, I, she brings up a good point I, that it is interesting that I tolerate doing the work of a Walmart employee for free. Um, but I always, when given the choice between going through, you know, a cashier checkout and self-checkout, I always pick self-checkout, even though I know. Um, I'm, it's not really, uh, I'm not really sticking it to the man. All right. Next I want to, uh, I, I have a couple articles where they list out interesting questions that you, you should ask your sister to get to know them better. And, uh, so first I want to ask Lauren and I'll give mine too. Um, is there something you can't live without? And if you can be more specific, do that. So what is something that you cannot live without? My cats. <laughs> yeah, I kind of already knew that. I knew that she would say that. I, you would think she would say her phone or computer or internet or like uh, her apartment. Um, but no, it's definitely her cats. And that is not a surprise to me at all. Um, so the next question is, uh, who would play you in a movie? And then... Uh, now, who should play you in a movie? So, who do you want to play you in a movie? And then, I guess, like, who actually should? Uh, I don't know if those two questions are all that different, but th- you get the idea. Who who would you pick to play you in a movie? Okay, yeah. Um, I've always thought, I don't know the actress's name, but she plays Sharon Carter in the MCU and Captain America. I think she shares my fa- my same bone structure. She's really pretty and she's blonde and she's kind of what I would like to look like. 
Um, and more accurately, I feel probably Rebel Wilson would probably be who they would cast as me. Um, body shape and clumsiness and all. Um, that's probably where I would go for. That is uh, super interesting because I've literally never heard of that character. Sharon Carter is what you said, right? Let's see. Who plays Sharon Carter? Kim Gillingham is her name. That took a long time to find that out. Um, the next question I want to ask is, uh, which of your siblings is actually your favorite? I would say my mom's dog. I'm not going to say that didn't hurt a little bit, um, but it makes sense. My mom's dog is pretty dope. And I mean, we all have our problems and, you know, I, I got issues. So, um, uh, this one's interesting and more serious. So, what's your greatest fear in life? Uh, never being enough and never amounting to anything that I feel like people think I should be. Um, I feel like I could be destined for pretty great things, but I keep uh, effing it up along the way. And I feel like that's uh, all on me. So It's interesting that you would say that because it relates to a future thing I want to talk about. Um but everybody, I'll say this as a mature 26-year-old, that everybody uh, Fs it up along the way, right? I remember my senior year of high school, uh, I think like two of the three uh, dual credit courses I was taking, I bombed and failed. That like, <laughs> I was just an idiot and didn't do it. I just didn't like do the work. My freshman year of college, I decided to take calculus for some reason and failed that. I vividly remember showing up to the final late, getting there, looking at the like the first page and being like, oh my God, I don't know what's going on. And so I knew from that moment that I was not going to pass this course. So everybody, uh, what's that Hannah Montana song? Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has this. Day. Yeah, everybody has those days. It's just how it works, man. That's how you grow up. That's how you mature. So, uh, it, but it is interesting because there's a, there's an article or I think I read a post that I uh, relates to that. Um, so I got some more questions, uh, so, some more uh, in depth um, questions that are they won't be awkward or anything. Just getting to know you a little bit better. So uh, it's a little bit so. Here's a good question. What's your f- funniest memory together with me? Oh, there's a lot. Yeah. Um, I would say I would. Re- I really like the Elephant Man video that we made <laughs> when I was a kid um, of me farting also yeah. on record. Um, we've made where I was a quadriplegic football player yeah. um, who apparently made it all the way. Superstar. Um the, the one the screenplay on that was really top notch. Yeah, we really put a lot of thought into it, and then having the silver mark left on the floor and panicking before our parents came home trying to clean it was wonderful. Yep. Um, me putting my first YouTube video out of the video of our family dog, you telling me you're going to upload it, and then you singing "I I Believe I Can Fly" in the background without telling me with the rock band mic. <laughs> with the rock band mic, yeah, it was still one of my favorite videos. Um, there is a lost video out there of me dancing like a crazy person to 
bass down low, I yes, think. Yes, yes. I can, I've tried for hours to find that video. I cannot. I think, I think that's a good one. Um, and then my, I would say my last one is you dunking on me with your Nerf ball. Oh, that was going to be my thing. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of stole my thunder, but we, I, you can look it up on YouTube. I'm not going to tell you the name of the channel because I ain't no one needs to watch that. Um, but there were multiple videos I made because uh, in the foyer of the house that we grew up in in our teenage and formative years, uh, this, there was a really high ceiling, so I was able to put like a Nerf hoop kind of high up. And uh, I would play on that thing a lot, like too much for how old I was. And I decided let, let's like make videos of uh, – uh, one of them was titled like, what's it like to get dunked on by a you know future MVP or something like that. And so from, it's from Lauren's perspective, getting dunked on by me. Uh, and then I, all, it's not necessarily the funniest, um, but it was just a fond memory I have is that um, anytime I asked her to come out and play basketball with me, she'd do it. And sometimes what she would do is literally just get the rebound and then pass me the ball so I could shoot again. And that was it. Or we'd play one-on-one and she'd try to foul the crap out of me, which I liked because I was trying to get used to the contact. Uh, so that, that's really, that was really fun. And just to be able to play Call of Duty, that was a deal. You would have went outside as well. Oh, that was the deal. Okay, so you didn't do it out of love. Makes sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's there's a hate question. I'm not going to ask that one. Do more of the positive one. What do you like about your sister? So for, for you, it would be, what do you like about your brother? One of my favorite uh, things about your personality is your humor. I've liked that ever since we were growing up. Um, you give off a very Jim Halpert type of vibe, which is the best. Um, ruin the office for me because I can't really. Everyone has a crush on Jim Halpert. I can't. He's my brother. Um but also, I like that no matter what, you're always there, even if we're fighting. We're always, because we, we, we definitely had some rocky times being very pretty close in age. and uh, Like we were growing up. Growing so, up, yeah, yeah. And we would have some pretty pretty nasty, uh, not brawls with fists, but with words. Yeah. Um, but you, I knew you were there for me at the end of the day. Yeah. Even if you were, you know, hanging my stuffed animal from a noose yes. in my room. Yeah. Yeah, I will put that on record as regretful. Um, so what do I like about my sister, Lauren? Um, I like the fact that um, who she was when she was 18, 19 years old, and then who she is now, you know, just a couple years later, two completely different people. It's night and day. So her ability, it kind of goes back to what she had said about getting in her own way and effing things up um, that happens so that you know not to do that again and you grow and you get better so I really like your I guess like your fortitude just in general mental fortitude emotional fortitude everyone I mean I'm not saying you're happy all the time and, and that you're, you're strong-willed all the time but you definitely are way more put together than you were back in the day I think you would agree with that and I love that quality about you. I also think your sense of humor is extremely funny. Um, I don't know where that comes. I, you know, I would say maybe I guess we would get that from my from our mom, because looking back, I don't remember my dad ever really making me laugh. 
But uh, your comment about Jim Halper is interesting because what I'm about to say is not similar, but it's, it's similar in, in concept. It's how I feel about um, Tom Hanks. Um, in 1994, he played in a movie called Forrest Gump. And ever since then, I always just see it's Forrest Gump wearing, you know, makeup or something. Captain Sully movie, that's Forrest Gump with a mustache, flying a plane. Uh, Castaway, it's just Forrest Gump on an island. That's all I see. Um, so, yeah, I definitely can relate to that. All right. So, I got some more questions. Uh, interesting questions to get to know Lauren a little bit better. Um, uh what did you what do you admire most about your mom? That's a very that's a really good question because um, that list is very. I think I what I admire the most about my mom is that she never gives up. Whether she wants to give herself credit for never not giving up is another thing, um, but she doesn't. When all chips are down and she knows her family needs her, she does not give up on us and she does not give up on herself, which is the most important thing. Um, and she will love you unconditionally through absolutely anything. Um, I know that I can always go to her. She is my best friend. Um, even when I don't think I, there's a reason to love myself or to even think anything great about myself, she can find a reason like it's just in the air. She can just pull one out. Boop. There it is. It's always been there. Now you have to see it. And I love her. Yeah. Yeah. My, my answer would be kind of similar. I mean, uh, over the past couple of years, my relationship with my mom has never its just gotten deeper and deeper and better and better. But what I admire most about my mom is how she was as a mom when I was still a kid. Uh, the fact that she would do the laundry, would make me breakfast, would wake me up, would set the shower for me to get ready. Like... All these things that mom, mom, normal, most people's moms don't do. Um, and that was just normal for her. And uh, she, she would, on average, get like five, six hours of sleep. I think six might be like a good night, right? Yeah. So her sacrifice for her kids um, is abnormal. That, I mean, if, I've talked to people and described that, and they're like, wow, that's crazy. Like, I can't relate to that at all. Because my mom wasn't wasn't a bad mom, but she didn't do that. So yeah, I admire her commitment. And then what you said about unconditional love, I am fully convinced that if I if I got up right now and killed somebody and went to jail, she'd visit me in prison, and you know, whatever. I mean, she probably would be disappointed that I wouldn't killed somebody, but she would still love me unconditionally. And and, and most of the time, you know, I can believe. I cannot believe in unconditional love, right? There's always something someone can do that will stop you from loving them. Uh, but I don't think that's true with my mom. <clears throat> so, so we're, I'm, this question that I'm about, I'm about to ask, you're going to answer uh, for me and then I'll answer for you. So this might get a little spicy, you know, so we might cut this. We don't, I don't know. See where this goes. Um, I don't want to, I don't want to start any drama. Um, but what is my most annoying habit or quality? We, we talked about what you like about me. So what now is annoying? Okay. What is your most annoying? Don't let, don't take, don't, don't let up. Tell me what. Okay. 
Uh, you don't check your phone very, very well. That's um, true. And you're not very communicative, which you are the last few weeks you have been, which I love. Um, all I would say is that we weren't as close as I wish we were for mm-hmm. a good part of um, early 20s. But I'm still in my early 20s, so, oh, yeah, so we have time. Now. Yeah. 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 So we're good. Yeah. So I appreciate that. And I agree with everything you said. I think just the circumstances of where you were in your life and where I was in my life, we each had our own stuff going on. Um, but like this podcast could be a start of something that kind of propels us to getting closer and hanging out. Cause I, I want to make this, you know, not necessarily a weekly thing, but something that we do somewhat consistently. Cause so far I think it's a banger. So I now I get to tell you what your most annoying trait is. I, uh, if I had to, if I had to pick just one, um, of, of, the, of the huge list that's in my mind right now that I think about all the time. Um, I would have to say that you will panic over very small things. And yeah, and she's shaking her head agreeing just like I did. We're, we're all aware of this. But it's a, I, and I'll give you an example. When you needed to make get an invoice for that, you were freaking out about it. When all you had to do was just Google, like how to make an invoice. There are there are websites. There I did it on my phone, made an invoice, and that worked and that was accepted. And um, I think that's a common thing for a lot of people um, to overthink it. I, I overthink stuff all the time, um, but to to panic and to get emotional about something that um, if you just took a second and um, it's so cliche, but just if you you took a second. Take some deep breaths, count backwards from 10, and then think about what can I do to fix this? Usually the answer is Google it. (laughs) That's what I do. If I don't know something and I want to know it, I will Google the bejesus out of it. Um, But in terms of like uh, most annoying, I mean, that's not too bad because that's like the last thing I remember about you freaking out about something um, small. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Ha- Lauren, have you ever heard of the term love language? Yes. Okay. So this question is, what's your love language? Really easy um, for all my past trauma is reassurance. Um, very vocal, communicative reassurance. So that would, that would be words of affirmation? Yeah. Okay. That would be my love language. Um, I don't need constant touching. I don't need constant... Gifts. Um, gifts. I don't want gifts. It makes me feel awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I would like to get to a point where reassurance or words of affirmation isn't my love language. But as of right now, it is. Um, I just want to know I'm I'm doing okay and I'm not letting someone down. I mean that's that's pretty. I mean admirable. Um, but let me pull up all the love languages that there there are. There's only five. <clears throat> and of course, it won't just tell me on here so what's my love language and i you know being married you know kind of makes you think about that more than when you're not married um because you're you you do i mean when you're living with somebody uh your love language becomes more and more apparent like what your needs are and so the the five love languages are acts of service receiving gifts quality time uh, words of affirmation, and then physical touch. I think for me, and I think I've told this to my wife, 
is that for me, it's acts of service. I feel really loved when my wife will do uh, like little things around the house, right? Um, you know, I, I manage the finances and, and, and some bigger picture stuff. But, you know, if she swap, swaps out the dishes, I love it. Uh, I don't need words of affirmation, um, although that's nice. I think that would probably be my number two would be words of affirmation because uh, who doesn't love being encouraged? Um, but definitely not receiving gifts. I don't want your gifts. Not that they're bad or anything. It's just don't give them to me. Um, and then my third would probably be quality time. Um, but yeah, yeah, not physical touch and then not, not uh, receiving gifts. Um, so here's a, good, here's a good question that I don't even know. And uh, it would be hard for me to even um, come up with this. So what is your hidden talent? What talent do you have that, you know, maybe some people would know, but not everyone knows. Hidden talent. Um, okay. So I have, I, I, I thought about this before. Um, okay. And the only, I wouldn't really call it a talent because I don't, I don't want it, I don't ever use it. Um, cause I, I equate it to something evil. Uh, I can improvise reality very easily i don't want to say telling a lie easily um but if yeah if i need to get out of a sticky situation with words i can weasel my way out yeah but i try not to do that very often because it leads to um not being very truthful and to not disparage anybody but it reminds me of my father and not not that being who he is today, but uh, that it, it is something I remember of years ago, and it's not something that I want to continue. Um, I share a lot of great tra- traits from my dad. Um, he is a he's very quick on his feet, and I think I get that from him as well. Um, I just I think that trait could be used for better things. Definitely. Like I said, it's like, like what lawyers do. I know everyone hates lawyers, but they do serve a purpose. And generally, it's a good purpose. Uh, and in my unpopular opinion, defense lawyers, because they're there to hold the prosecutors accountable. So being able to orate and make a case uh, effectively is a, is a talent, definitely. Okay, for me, my hidden talent is something I got to think about. Um, Cause I'm, I'm one, I'm not really good at self reflection. I would need other people to tell me this is what you're good at. Um, because I'm very bad at like being able to self evaluate, um, and be, and be like accurate, I guess I can do it, but I'm probably wrong. Um, so my hidden talent would be, this is going to sound super stupid, but it's just to, just something to throw out there. Um, when I play, uh, NBA 2k 21 on the PS4, uh, I'm very good at rebuilding bad teams. Um, and I usually follow the same formula every time it's, I pick, you know, I'll pick a bad team. So this, the one, I'm, the, the franchise I picked this most recent time is the Knicks. And it's not that they were bad necessarily, uh, but they were when the, in the first year of the game that I have. Um, so what I did is, Trade away, trade away pretty much all my good players 
for draft picks or valuable assets that are that are young. Um, so I tank, right? I do the this Sam Hinky trust the process tank on purpose so I can get a high draft pick, and that worked out. I think I got the number two pick, picked a really good point guard, and then because I had traded away all my good players that are making all the money, I had a ton of cap space to sign a team, and then. Based off who I signed, I then would later trade them and maneuver around. And uh, that would be my hidden talent is being able to take a team and uh, just do trades and basic strategy uh, succeed. Serious. <laughs> yeah, you did go pretty serious. I just, I, like I said, I'm just not good at like self-evaluating. So maybe that was a bad example. What's my hidden talent? Like, like Sims people? So what do you mean by that? I, um, I take celebrities and then I make Sims that look like and, and they look just like, like, like that's what your hidden talent is? Like you can design them so they look just like, okay, yeah, that's legit. I can, I can build it. Yeah, that's definitely a real thing. Yeah, that was, I guess that was a bad answer on my part. Um, but here, to get even deeper, even more serious, do you believe in God or higher power? Yes. Yeah, like, uh, I guess why? Um, okay. Um, I believe in God, not in a very traditional sense of the way, but just in the little things that happen day by day. It's more spiritual. Um, or, maybe. Or, or like, or is it a biblical God? Or just yeah, a, I would say a biblical God, okay. but I wouldn't say more of a, I guess, non-denominational God. Mm. Not, I wouldn't uh, classify it in a certain Christianity, but it is a very, it's a Christian God. Yes. Um, and I... God of the Bible, basically. Yeah. yeah. And I would find, and I find proof of that in little small miracles I see every day. Hmm. Um, I consider each one of my cats a miracle. I consider the relationship I have with my mom um, a proof that God exists. I have the, the relationship I have with you is my proof um, that different trials in my life could come and that the fact that I'm still here is a proof. Um, the fact that you can go through several bad thoughts within a day a week a year and you're still here i think that's proof that there's someone up there who's looking out for you and still wants you around okay cool awesome good answer uh, for me i definitely would say yes and it's very similar to you uh, a non-denominational god just whatever however god is portrayed in the bible that's how i th think it is <clears throat> and i'm real into apologetics and uh arguing uh, the existence and, and why it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to be a believer in just in, in some deity, some power greater than yours. And I like what you said that um, the little miracles that you experience, right? Um, just recently at church, he was talking about miracles. We're doing this whole series on miracles. And it's based, it's based off that movie, that hockey, that hockey movie, from the Olympics when it's like, do you believe in miracles? Um, and it's all, and to me, it's all, it's all a matter of perspective. Um, because you could like Saul, um, was described as having scales on his eyes. So he couldn't see what was, what was happening around him. So then he was made, he was blinded and then he changed his name and he changed. So it's like, you can close your eyes and not acknowledge the miracles that are happening. It doesn't mean they're not happening. Um, Something that always blows my mind, um, especially during the summer in the South, is how hot it can get. 
And if you think about it, the sun is 93 million miles away. And somehow it'll be 100 degrees outside. I'm not sure if that's a miracle, but uh, that is amazing to me. Because if the earth was just a little bit further away, we'd all freeze to death. We were just a little bit closer. You know, the oceans would boil. Um, so there, there are a lot of uh, reasons why I believe. Um, but I, the way I would describe it is like when someone asks you, like, okay, like prove that, that there is a God. I can't, I can't do that. I, I cannot do that. Um, it's, it's something that's very individual uh, and very personal. It's, um, it's kind of like how I know what, what, it, what it feels like to be sad for me. And I can't prove what that feels like to you. Just like how I don't know what it feels like for you when you're sad. There may be common things that we associate with sadness, like the color blue or, you know, a sick puppy or something. Um, but how you feel about those things, I don't know. And you can't prove to me or show me and I can't experience it. So that is, that's how you interact and relate to God in your own way. There's only so much you can prove right? and so many arguments you can make. At the end of the day, it's a personal decision. So I kind of got on that tangent there. Um, here's, a, here, here's a good one. Uh, what social or political cause are you most passionate about? I know I said I would try to keep this as apolitical as possible, but I am, I am legitimately interested to hear her answer to this. Social political cause that I am most, most passionate about. Yeah, most passionate about. Oh, my God. You could say nothing, too. I mean, I'm not... I try not to be very passionate about anything just because it causes a whole bunch of crazy storm. Um, but what I'm most passionate about socially is people waking up um, and not being so idle sitting by and having something told to them without doing their due research and knowing the truth of what's kind of going on. Um being told one, one person's evil and one person's not evil without truly looking around in their own community, in their own town, and right. saying and seeing that that's not how it is. No one's challenging that idea. No. It's just, yeah. 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 It, it should, it, everyone's just accepted. And you're being pinned against your, your own, basically your brother and sister who you grew up with now out of nowhere because one now someone says that what they've done to you is wrong over centuries. Right. That you are not. You, I, I was not there for. I yeah. was not a part of. Um, I love everyone equally, and I don't see why. I, I just, I don't know. I feel very strongly where I don't want a small child to grow up and to think that just because they're white, they're evil, or just because they're black, that they can't get as far. Mm -hmm. um, I want everyone to think and to strive that this is the American dream. This is America. You can be whoever you want to be, as as and look whoever you want to. Um, just stop fighting each other, I okay. guess. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I hear what you're saying. I got you. And I definitely, I, I, I am passionate about that as well. Because classic liberalism is about the individual and the, the choices you make as an individual. That's what's most important and that's what drives you. So when you try to group people together and then assign a, some sort of crime or guilt to that group, how, how can you do that to everybody in that group? Did everybody do that? Right. And there's tons of examples of that. But I, and I also like what you said about uh, people just kind of taking things like what, what politicians or people in power say as fact, 
they just take it as, as gospel and then they move on with their lives and believe that moving forward. Um, so for me, what social or political cause I'm most passionate about, um, it, it ebbs and flows day to day, I guess, depending on what's in the news and what's going down. I think from like, I guess it's a, it's a political issue um, when it shouldn't be um, is uh, is climate change or what used to be global warming is now climate change. Um, and then the fact that if I have any sort of skeptical opinion or mindset on it, they call you a climate denier. The science is settled. Science is never settled on anything, right? I, that's, that's the whole point of science is to come up with, with theories, test them, and then figure out where you went wrong and then try again. So it, we just take this, uh, like the IPCC, the Interpanel uh, like Government climate change committee or something like that is what it stands for. And they will just think like, okay, well between now and 2100, there's going to be a three degree Celsius increase. Uh, if we do nothing, how did you come up with that? Right? Like we can't even predict the weather four days out. Right? Like literally I can't look at my weather app and look at next Wednesday and reliably know what's going to, what it's going to be like next Wednesday. How can you predict out like 80 years from now with the, how hot it's going to be? And then, you know, there are plenty of other explanations for why the earth uh, is getting warmer. And there's also a debate to, ha to be had that solutions being proposed uh, are terrible. Um, we just ban coal and natural gas. Where are we going to get energy from? Right? Because solar ain't going to do it. Because for, for you to use solar, it has to be sunny. And then you have to have a batteries to store it so that when it's dark, you still have energy. Uh, wind, what if it's not windy? And they're all, those are also very expensive. Uh, and, and then the, just the raw materials to build the, enough solar panels and, and wind farms uh, is enormous. Um, so that I think I'm, I'm pretty passionate about that because, uh, it, like you said, it's something that Everyone just kind of agrees with, but they, they've never actually looked at like an opposing view, right? Um, if you just were to get your, your news from Reddit slash politics or slash world news or just slash news, uh, that you'd live in an echo chamber. You would be surrounded with just one opinion and one side of an argument. So that that's why, I mean, people hate Twitter and stuff, but Twitter is a great way to get a more well-rounded opinion about stuff. You can get a, someone's reaction and then you could look at the replies where someone disagrees and then come to your own conclusion. So yeah, I, I think we're, I like, I like both, both, you know, I like your answer and I, I, of course I like my answer. Um, okay. Last one. And then we'll, we'll move on to a different topic. Um, oh no, we'll do this one. This one's way more interesting. If salary and experience didn't matter, they didn't consider that, like that, that didn't matter to you, whatever, what job would you most want to have? Uh, easy. I would like to be a first grade or second grade teacher. Really? Yeah. I've always, I really wanted to be that when I was a kid. Um, I really like 
uh, all like the teacher supplies that comes along with it. I think it would not only be arts and crafts for the kids, but arts and crafts for me, um, a creative outlet. Um, I love children that age. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the oldest I would go is probably fourth grade because at that point they still think you're cool, but they're still cute enough to like, yeah, yeah. yeah and they, you can still have a conversation with them. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would like, I, my dream would be a, probably a first or second grade uh, history teacher, just kind of um, make learning a little bit more fun. I love history um, and mm. I think it, and I just couldn't imagine ways to decorate my classroom and to make their little lives brighter every day. Mm. See, that is something I did not know. Uh, for me, if uh, money was an issue and experience didn't matter, what job would I most wanna have? Uh, I would like to be an, an NBA player. Uh, I don't. I mean, I could ride the bench. I don't care, as long as I'm on the roster, and I have a guaranteed contract. Because um, in my my perfect like role would just be this, you know, like probably a shooting guard, or you know, who plays small ball. I'll be a small forward, and I literally just stand at the three point line until someone forgets to guard me, and then I get the ball and I shoot it and I make it. That's it that could be worth a couple million dollars, you know? So I have no experience. Um, I guess salary kind of plays into it, but um, even if I got the minimum uh, and just, and I didn't play any, I just would want to be on an NBA basketball team, travel with a team, experience what that's like and uh, go from there. All right. We're, sw- we're uh, switching gears to something uh, not, uh, I guess, uh, investigative um but something that people don't really talk about is uh i mean i mean should they really you know should this be part of what you're talking about day to day probably not um but the, this is on businessinsider.com and the title is there was no toilet on the apollo moon missions here's how the astronauts went to the bathroom so this is how they did it um NASA engineers said that figuring out how astronauts should relieve themselves is one of the most, quote, bothersome aspects of space travel. I'd say so. Um, So so what they would do is they would wear men, because they're all men. There's no women astronauts when they're going to the moon. Men would wear like, I guess, like a, a, you know, I guess a rubber sleeve on their wiener. And it had a little hole in the end that you'll connect to a bag. So you pee, and the pee would go into the bag, and you just replace the bag when it's full. Uh, now, to poop was a little more complicated, as you could imagine. I mean, it's complicated enough on Earth. So, um, so they pooped in bags that they needed, rolled up tight, and took back to Earth. Why didn't they just shoot it into space? Nobody knows. Um, so to pee, there's a picture here. Um, yeah, it is just a, in it. In, in, I think I read in a different article that um, before they launched, every astronaut had to report the length of their penis so that they get the right size for this pee thing. Uh, that I mean, is going to the moon worth it? I feel like that that would count me out. Um, so this aptly named fecal bag, um, came with, uh, toilet paper 
and had a built-in finger covering so astronauts could stay clean while positioning their bag on their butts. It wasn't easy to get the, the bag set up correctly inside the small flap on the back of astronaut spacesuits. One Apollo astronaut estimated that the whole bath and going process took about 45 minutes. So that right there would probably count me out as an astronaut. Um, but the toilet bag contraption was not foolproof. During the Apollo 10 mission in May 1969, astronaut Tom Stafford sounded a warning. Quote, Give me a napkin, quick. There's a turd floating through the air. Uh, I'm not sure how you would handle that. Uh, obviously, you'd make him catch it. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's why he needed the napkin. Because I, 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 I'm just going to let it float. I am not touching that. Um, NASA insisted that the astronauts bring back all their feces for examination. What a bunch of weirdos. After that, the Apollo astronauts finished doing their business. They had to seal up their baggies and knead them. Like, knead, you know, uh, what, 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 what do you need? Like bread? Like dough? Yeah, so they would knead up their own poop. Um, they're not actually touching the poop, but, you know, it's all right. The poop bags were rolled into the smallest possible volume, and then uh, you would they would pack it up and take it back to Earth. And then on the moon, the astronauts themselves wore diapers. Uh, that had a uh, a pee system and then a fecal containment system, so which was basically um, a, just a, a really expensive diaper. Um, so, with all that said, Lauren, what's your uh, reaction to that? Uh, space travel's not for me. Um, at least not in the sixties. If I was told to give someone a napkin because a turd has gotten loose. Um, there's about to be vomit in the air as well. So, um, yeah, just open open the door, kick me out, and let the sweet release of the cold space take me away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty similar to mine. I mean, I don't know if they all knew this going in when they were signing up to go to the moon. And it was like as they were getting onto the shuttle, they're like, oh, wait, uh, to pee and poop is what you got to do. And they're like, oh, well, if I had known that, I would have, like, not do, done this. But I guess it's too late now. Um, but, hey, I, now they're famous for for going to the moon. But I just thought it was just interesting how they were able to kind of solve the poop and pee problem. It, and I air quote solve. Because, uh, obviously, it wasn't that great. And then, like, real bathrooms, um, at least... They didn't really, they didn't replace the diaper system until the 80s. So there was quite a long time of people um, wearing diapers and pee wiener sleeves. Next up uh, is a, a post on Reddit from God Tier Superpowers. I thought this one was inter- interesting um, because I have a hard time doing this. And so if I had this power, it would benefit me greatly. Uh, it says, you can reply no to any question, request, or demand, and it will be gracefully accepted with no whining or, push, or pushback. Um, so, Lauren, would you want this power, or would you not? I mean, I would, I would imagine you would, but could you see any downside to this? I could definitely see a downside. It, uh, the downside is me never having to leave my home ever. 
um, and never having to do anything due to social peer pressure. Um, so if I, I usually say yes and end up flaking as my social anxiety allows me to. Um, but if I could say no gracefully and keep all my friends, then yeah, I would be a hermit. Um, so I would probably like this power for maybe three months out of the year just to really relieve myself and then get back into the system of being around people. Yeah, I think I, I can agree with that. I feel like it would it would turn you into a very selfish person. But we will sort. So this comment says, uh, quote, I will kill you. Quote, no. Understandable. Have a nice day. So that that would that would be pretty great. Uh, this guy says, no, I won't take the superpower, um, which is kind of what we, we did. Um, yeah, so I think having the ability to say no and not uh, have any pushback or whining or you know, n- nobody objecting to you saying no, I think is a, a slippery slope into something that could turn you into a, a very s- inwardly focused person which is a, not good for the soul. Um, here we go. I think I was talking about this earlier uh, off podcast, but here is the superpower. It could be a little complicated, so try to follow, follow along. Every time you fart, you get $1,000 for each second the fart lasts. The money is multiplied by the number of people who hear it. If you excuse yourself or apologize, the multiplier is canceled. So he gives, he gives an example. If you let out a three-second fart in an elevator with five people, that's $3,000 multiplied by six because the first person doubles your money, the second person triples it, and so on. So you get eighteen grand. So Lauren, um, would you want this power, and can you see any downsides? Um, I would absolutely want this power. Uh, I think if I, if I knew this power was um, possible, I would then train my whole life to either... Um, be a singer or be a uh, performer that could be maybe uh, performing the, na- the national anthem at the Super Bowl um, and then say you know a little bit of hey y'all watch this and just rip one right into the mic <laughs> yeah. yeah and then just leave um, a lot richer and see if they'll invite me back next year um, for double my return yeah, I agree. I would like this power. I have no problem farting in, some, in front of somebody, especially if I'm getting tons of money for it. Uh, I, quit, I quit my job, basically. Just, you know, my work day would be like an hour long. I would just go to a wall, like a grocery store, find the most crowded aisle, let it rip, collect my check, and leave. I'm good. Uh, but this person here says, so imagine after eating a deep dish of Chicago-style chili spiked with Miralax, you blast into some smuggled-in microphone hooked up to the main speakers at Live Aid 1985, and you farted. So that would be an easy 15 to $20 billion. So it says you are selling your whole dignity for money, uh, but you know it, I mean, it's $15 billion, so don't really care about that at all. Um, the next superpower <clears throat> is something that... I could also bring up as an early topic as something I hate. Um, I love campfires. I love bonfires. Um, the only downside is you end up smelling like smoke. Everything you're wearing smells like smoke. You know, and it's and sometimes it just seems like no matter where you're sitting, 
the wind is blowing the smoke directly at you. So this, uh, this superpower is when you sit around a campfire, the smoke never blows in your direction. So this may be an obvious question, but would you want this and why? Um, I wouldn't deny it, but I, unfortunately I'm not around a campfire enough to have that affect me. Um, not even probably by the year. Um, if I did have this power, I probably would try to be around campfires more. Um, just to, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I could see this being kind of like an evil power. If you were at a campfire with someone you didn't like and you stand on the opposite side, the smoke would go straight into their face. Um, so I could see that being a huge plus side. And that would probably be the reason I would want it. Yeah, I agree. I think this is a kind of a, 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 D, a D level superpower. You know what I mean? As much as I love bonfires and campfires, like you said, I mean, in the South where we live, it's 100 degrees like eight months out of the year. So you're not having a campfire when it's that hot outside. Um, switching gears just a little bit uh, from what we were talking about, just slightly. We're going to be talking about dating advice. So this is some advice some uh, random person gave. Uh, the user is no job, no money. Um, so here's his, his advice to you, people who are out there in the dating world. It says, don't, capital, don't be on your best behavior on your first date. Do be your normal, everyday, relaxed, hanging with friends behavior. You want the person to like you for who you are, who you actually are, not who you are pretending to be. You will save yourself a lot of wasted time dating people who only like the fake you. Um, so, Lauren, what's your reaction to that? Uh, just off the dome, your, your raw feedback. Okay. Uh, generally, I would agree. Um, I would say that on your first date, it's a first impression. So, maybe it's kind of like a, a job interview a little bit where you want to show who you are, but you also, you're not going to rip one at the table. You're not going to chew with your mouth open, right? You're not going to burp. That's, that, that's clearly makes me who I am, but am I going to do that on a first date? No. Um, but yeah, am I going to want to, you know, um, make fun of the person, uh, kind of lightly kind of have that playful banter back and forth and not always be just kind of the yes woman, um, along, along on the date for sure. Um, but I do think don't be a, don't go balls to the wall yourself on your first date. I think um, that's probably the safe bet. So I would half agree with what they're saying. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely, I can see where you're coming from. I think the, the problem with this question is that it's too black and white, right? He says, don't do this, do this. Um, and it, it, there's no in between. Uh, I can't be a little bit on my best behavior and also be my normal self. Kind of like what you were saying. Um, because... On a first date, like, I would want to go to a, a nice restaurant. It's something I normally would not do. I'm going to wear nicer clothes. So I'm on my best behavior. That's not something I normally would do. So if do be your normal, everyday, relaxed, hanging with friends behavior, um, I feel like that would be almost disrespectful to the date, man or woman. If the other person that you're on a date with you're taking it seriously and they're just like chilling like it's no big deal. Um, I feel like you could offend them uh, heavily. Um, and this guy brings up a good point. He says, I, and you, you said it too. Uh, he says, I mean, maybe holding your farts, you know, 
like maybe think about doing that. And like you said, don't chew with your mouth open, stuff like that. Um, yeah. So I just think the question is too, too black and white for me in general. Um, the next, uh, next one is in the subreddit raising kids. You might be thinking to yourself, wow, I didn't know Alex had kids. I didn't know Lauren had kids. It's kind of crazy. Uh, we don't, we don't have any kids. I have two dogs. She has a million cats. So we, we count. All right. We are parents. Don't count us out. Um, and this is, uh, posted by obvious octopus. And, uh, it says what to say to kids instead of be careful. And, uh, here's what they think you should say. <clears throat> instead of saying to kids, be careful. You can help your child foster awareness by saying, notice how those rocks are slippery. Do you see the poison ivy? Can you hear the rushing water? Help your child problem solve by saying, what's your plan? How will you get down, go up, get across? Who will you be? Who will be with you? Go with, help you. And so, you know, instead of getting Lauren's opinion first, I'm going to start this. Uh, the reason I added this on here is because I hate it. Um, this, it, it, I mean, I know it says child. It doesn't give like a specific age. So, I mean, if you, if it's a 16 year old and you're doing this, I mean, uh, uh, you're doing it wrong. Um, but I'm thinking child, we're talking, you know, a toddler, uh, like first grader, kindergarten age. Um, this is treating your kid too much like a grown up to help your kid problem solve. What's your plan? What? I don't care what your plan is. What do you mean? What's your plan if you climb that boulder? Just don't do it. So I wouldn't even say be, be careful. I would say do what I say. And uh, that's just how I feel as a, as a parent of two dogs, okay, which counts. If anyone says that that doesn't count, I disagree heavily, all right? Dogs are not like babies. I know you can't put a baby in a crate and leave and stuff. I understand that. And they got to eat all the time. They poop in diapers and stuff. There are differences. I understand. I recognize that. But to call me not a parent just because I don't have human kids is offensive. But in general, I brought this up because it it's this like, um, what, what would you call it? Uh, it's like very like soft parenting tactic, right? Like you need to teach your kid obedience first teach your kid that what you say goes right why am i doing this doesn't matter it's because dad said so Um, when you get older we can have those conversations because you have the capacity to understand but if you're a child and i'm assuming the child is pretty young um do you feel say like these are questions i don't i'm not asking i'm not taking the time to ask them these questions so, um, that's my opinion. So, uh, Lauren, do you dis- do you agree or disagree, or have some other uh, feedback? Um, I would. I mean, I consider myself a D rank single mother with the three cats. As a D rank, as in it's a very pretty easy job, um, other than when they're all hungry. Um, I would semi agree disagree with it i do think um i I agree with you saying that what the parents say should go especially when it comes um to the child's safety 
Um, there shouldn't be no ifs, ands, or buts when I say that something could hurt you. Uh, you're going to listen just because I don't want to lose you because um, you are my child. Um, I remember, I mean, it, it's uh, if you run out into the middle of the street, your parent yanks you back, right? And you remember that saying, hey, I shouldn't do this. Your parent doesn't say, hey, what's your plan to get across the street with a bus coming? Um, I can understand if you want, if you weren't, if they weren't in a place of danger, right? And you were standing near maybe a running water or, um, a river and you want to say, Hey, you see all this rushing water. It's so beautiful, but you know, you do, you hear how powerful it is. It could be very dangerous as well. That could be a learning opportunity, but when it comes to, um, they're about to make a decision and you're, you're going to say no, the no goes, it's not, I'm not going to explain myself. You're not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to have you jump in, but if we're just standing there and you ask a question or if I want to make it a learning moment, that's, I think that's a different topic. Yeah. Okay. I disagree with what you said about being a D tier parent of cats. Uh, D rank. D rank. Um, I'm assuming that's like A, B, C, D, F. Well, I would say I'm D rank because I'm not, I don't have three actual human babies. I have three self Yeah, that doesn't, they're not self-sustained. If you, if you were to not come home tonight, there would be problems, right? They need you. You know, my mom's shaking her head like they don't need, you know, they'll be all right. They need you. No. We are parents. And we, need, <laughs> we need to stick together. Uh, I just think this is like too SJW for me, honestly. So I, I don't like that at all. Um, next is from the subreddit called Unpopular Opinion. And we're going to use... Uh, we're gonna we're really gonna see is this unpopular right because you know my opinion is ultimately what matters so if i don't think it's unpopular then it shouldn't be in the subreddit um and the post uh was posted by user it's so sticky and uh his title is am and pm is dumb everybody should use the 24-hour military time it says there are 24 hours in a day not 12. Adding AM and PM is an extra step that makes signage unnecessary, unnecessarily confusing when they are omitted. Even if you're using the 12-hour format, the math is really easy to make the conversion. This, to me, again, I'm going to start with my opinion. Um, it's my show, all right? Um, I agree with this. I, I you know, there, there are, I think there's a setting on my phone where I could switch over to, like, uh, you know, 24 hour clock. Um, but as a general rule, yep, my mom has it, it says 2100 right now. Um, and so the only reason I don't is because I'm lazy, you know, I don't want to do the math to figure out what time it is, but that's not an excuse. It's, it's not a good reason, you know? So I, I don't, I mean, you shouldn't be forced to use military time, but uh, that first part he said, AM and PM is dumb. It is dumb because if you're uh, in a dark room and I told you, hey, it's uh, three o'clock, was that like AM, PM? What? You know, if someone says, like, oh, you, let's meet up at seven, you're like, like 7 AM for breakfast, 7 PM for dinner. Like, but if we have to use military time, the confusion is uh, vacated. So, you know, Lauren, what, what's your reaction? Um, I disagree. I think AM and PM are, I mean, they're not uh, on paper. They don't really mean anything. But 
um, a lot of things come from context clues. So if we're talking about going to a certain place that's only open for dinner and I say seven and you come at 7 a.m., that's on you. Uh, if you don't like having it a.m. and p.m. and you want to go to military time, that's fine. But yet, yet again, you don't get to force everyone else into your own little opinion. Um I don't think it's that big of a deal if I, I think there's a, a lot bigger issues to worry about than time. Um, but if you're in a dark room and you're asking what time it is, I feel like you should be asking, where's the door? Where's the window? Um, why? Where am I? Why am I in this dark room? Um, I, I wouldn't start with what time is it? Because that's not a essential question to getting out of that dark room. Um, but I mean, if it if it's heavily weighing on you that you look at a time and you're like oh man it says it's nine o'clock but I don't know what that means to me then yeah you can change your clock but um all in all I think it doesn't really matter nice she disagreed with me that was that was great um and and I and I agree with pretty much everything she said that yeah I mean it's not a big deal um but it is true that using military time uh, simplifies time telling, um, but but in the same breath, and PM, yeah, yeah, I mean, because like everyone has windows, right? You can see. So if you say it's you know four and the sun's up, kind of have an idea of what time it is, right? So I don't know. I don't know why it's supposed to an unpopular opinion because I feel like a lot of people would would think it would be popular. Um, this next one. Is uh, is another um, heavy hitter. Um, it's uh, and it's posted by Noah the Level. I don't know why I'm reading the usernames as if that matters if I have to do that or not. Um, but sometimes they're funny. That one was not funny. Um, the post, the title says, "Having to call a judge, Your Honor, is so cringy and dumb." And then he follows it up with his wisdom with this. Uh, your honor, I mean, give me an effing break, dude. What else do you want me to call you? Your highness? You want me to fondle your nuts? Uh, I, I've seriously seen courtrooms where they'll say, sir, and the judge will be like, it's your honor, young man. This is an unpopular opinion. Uh, I, I agree that it should, it, it does belong in the subreddit because, uh, that's their title right? You're referring to the judge as your honor. That's what, you, that, but I mean, it's a, one, it's a tradition, and two, it's like um, saying sir to somebody, or even in the military, you know, say corporal, whatever, you know. Uh, I, I just don't feel so strongly as this guy does. I don't know why he's so bent out of shape having to say your honor. Uh, I guess maybe he's committed a lot of crimes and has a lot of court experience, and he just thinks, you know, your honor is is too uh, is too high of a thing to say to somebody that you don't like. You're, so my mom was watching uh, Law and Order UK, and there they say what to their judges? Yeah, in, yeah. In England, they say milord or milady. So if you had to pick between milord or milady or your honor, which are you going to pick? This dude would probably just say neither and call them like sir or, uh, you know, butt wipe or something. I don't know. So what do you think, Lauren? Um, is this an unpopular opinion? Do you want to call your judge if you ever go to court, you know, 
would you do you would you be offended in like you're being forced to say your honor i would not be offended if i was if i had to say your honor it's kind of like when you talk to a doctor right you don't call a doctor mister because he went through a crap ton of school right he's on a different level than you and that's what uh the judges are they've went through four years they went of of undergraduate they went through law school they had to practice law and then prove themselves to be invited to the judge's bench to have you call them sir is disrespectful and undermines everything that they put into that career um they uphold the law and they uphold that courtroom to the their highest value that they can um I do, I do think that in England, uh, my lord or my lady um, would be a little bit more fun. But uh, your honor does definitely, um, I like the ring to it. I, it. It just, it's a respect thing when it comes down to it. I'm not going to go into an ER and yell, someone get me a mister, right? You're going to get me a doctor. You're not going to get me a mister. Hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. sir. Hey, homie. Yeah. Thanks for, you know, fixing my ruptured Achilles, dude. Yeah, like he, no, they, 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 yeah, they deserve more respect. And especially when you're in court, um, most likely you're the defendant. Um, you're not in a position to be, uh, calling him dude or homie, right? You're, you're, you're not, uh, there on good terms. So I would say do what you can to get out of court and then make sure you stay out of there. Yeah, those, that, those are way better points than I made. Um, I just think this guy is, uh, probably a teenager or something. I don't know. Kind of, kind of seems um, like an immature comment to, to say. Um, trying to see if there's any good comments here. There aren't. It doesn't matter. This is dumb. It is an unpopular opinion and uh, deserves to be here. Next up is another unpopular opinion. Okay. So this is something I feel strongly about and I'll let you go first because I haven't been doing that the past few times. I'll read the title. Uh, he wrote a bunch underneath it, but there's no point in reading that. You get the gist from the title. Uh, yeah, his username is not funny. So uh, it says, as hard as it is for people to wrap their minds around this, it is perfectly acceptable to not be an ambitious person. Perfectly acceptable to not be an, an ambitious person. So what he's saying is that if you wanted to work a mediocre job for the rest of your life, that should be fine. Basically, I will read his like his example of what that looks like. It says, I wake up, shower, go to work, enjoy audiobooks, music, come home, take care of my responsibilities, watch TV, maybe play a video game, and then go to bed. And then rinse and repeat. I mean, yeah, that's if that's how you want to live your life. I have no authority to tell you different. Um, I think the job and the the that you work every day is I. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing is a um, part of a working society, right? So you're moving society forward by um, working this job. And if that if that makes you happy, you pay your rent, your your mortgage, all that stuff. You feed your cats, you feed your your um, children. I don't know why I think I've thought cats before, before children. Um, that's fine. So yeah, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I feel... Just the, the slightest bit of jealousy that you that you don't feel something in you driving you constantly forward because sometimes it can get get exhausting, but at the same time I get very easily bored. Um, so I that life for me would not go over well. But if that works for them, then I can't say anything against it. Okay, so here here's where I would I would disagree. Um, at, so I would agree that 
you know, if you want to live your life with zero ambition, go for it. Um, but don't be surprised when you end up a loser. Um, but he said it is perfectly acceptable to not be an ambitious person. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. I think it is not perfectly acceptable to have to not be ambitious, to not want more for your life or your family or just for you. Like it, it, it's part of like what human nature is, is to strive, progress, innovate, move forward. And to just deny that and, and be, you know, just be content doing this routine every day for the rest of your life. Again, I think this is probably a, a young person posting this because if I, can, I can't imagine someone who's in their 60s or 70s being like, yeah, it's cool, you know, and he's talking to someone younger, you know, in their 20s. Don't be ambitious like me. Look at me. When you have no ambition, you have no goals, you don't have any sort of like end game, uh, you're bound to end up uh, as a dragon society, as, as a taker more than a producer, you're bound to end up a loser. So like you said, it's not an unpopular opinion. That's where I would disagree is that I think it is, and this is an unpopular opinion, but you know, everyone can uh, have their own thing. But, uh, and I also think he's fooling himself by, he says here, I'm, I'm just tired of people thinking I'm depressed or something or something's wrong with me just because I'm of uh, my placid contentment. Um, I think that, that you're, you're fooling yourself. You're tricking yourself into thinking that, um, I think there is something wrong, uh, mentally with you. Not, not in a disrespectful way. I think that there is a, a mental condition that seems to be affecting you because generally people want to do more. Uh, and I understand the, the, uh, temptation to be lazy and to be a sloth. Um, but those are bad things. He's just not actively going uh, towards a different goal. Um, I can agree maybe with the if he has something wrong with his mental health because a lot of people who have been hurt maybe find security in routine um, and that's something that they can control. And if you go out of that, then you lose control. Um, but he didn't, he didn't say he lets his, his house get messy. He just kind of says that he just he likes his routine. He doesn't really want to change it. Um so I, I could say, yeah, it's a human nature to want to strive forward, um, but I wouldn't call him a sloth just because he doesn't uh, strive for bigger and better things. But that's not my only thing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe sloth wasn't a good word. Um, but I just think, you know, if, if, ever, if everyone thought this way, the, the statement uh, that, you know, my kids will have a better life than the parents and then the next generation will have a better life than that. That wouldn't be true if people thought this way, if everyone thought this way. Um, but I, yeah, I, if this is how he wants to live his life, by all means, uh, do what you got to do. Um, next is, oh, this, this one is ridiculous. Um, this guy says, uh, yeah, this guy's username is kind of funny. It's Gay Potato Man. And his unpopular opinion is, Sleeping in jeans is comfortable. What? Yeah. Is this, are you, is he a serial killer? What? It, uh, have you ever tried, I mean, what? P- 
People think I'm crazy because I sleep in socks. But sleeping in jeans? Are you kidding me? Like, he must not live in America. I don't understand. Um, uh, yeah. So he says, I wear jeans to sleep almost every night, and it's great. Um, so there, there's something wrong with you. Uh, you need to do some, like, in, in, insight, some, some, some in, in, inward searching, um, because that's jacked up. Lauren? It is, it is jacked up. Um, I'm one of those people who I don't like. I have sleep in shorts. Even if it's cold, I can't sleep in uh, pants because it pulls on the sheets. Um, there's only two acceptable reasons you would sleep in jeans. And that is, one, you've passed out on top of your bed and you cannot physically take your jeans off. And two, you are Marty McFly and you have passed out on top of your bed after traveling back from the future and you physically cannot take your jeans off. Um, other than that, I think you like discomfort, you relish in discomfort, or you like to be weird and you don't actually sleep in jeans. That could be true. He could be lying. That, that never really crossed my mind. But it, it, it reminds me, it's like if you were to be fully clothed, jump into a pool, and then immediately go to bed. That's how that would feel. And that sounds terrible. That sounds like absolutely awful. Um, so that's enough of that. Obviously, we hate that guy. Um, this, yeah, not funny. Uh, this one is another unpopular opinion. It says, more men's restrooms need changing tables. Fathers are parents too. My opinion on this is why is it in the subreddit? I agree that there needs to, there should be changing rooms in both bathrooms. Regardless if it, they're a single dad or whatever, it's like some like it, it, it's a way for the, the dad to help out the mom because I'm usually it's the mother who's changing the diapers. It's like, how about I do it this time? You know? We're out at a restaurant or somewhere. How about I do it? Oh, I can't because it's not in my bathroom. So, wife, you got to do it. So, I definitely think there needs to be uh, changing rooms in men's, uh, changing tables in men's restrooms, for sure. Uh, Lauren, um, I can only imagine you disagree with that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I definitely uh, agree with what that's being said. I wish I could disagree to cause a little hot topic, but um, I can. I don't want to be a, a dad who's having a bonding time with my kid out at Target. He poops himself, and I can't go into the bathroom and change my own son. That's that's a bummer. Um, I feel I I have I have somewhere else to go with this, but I don't want to get too political. So, um, but yeah, I generally agree that most um, most bathrooms should have a changing table, man or female. Yeah, and I want to qualify my opinion with saying that I don't think it should be like federally mandated. No. Every business should just choose to do it because it's the right thing to do. Let's see. Oh, this is this is one again. Uh, I think because we're we're siblings, we think too similar. Um, so uh, we're gonna wrap up this episode, uh, which has been very eventful and exciting, with listing our top five actors or actresses um and i'll go first and and uh, there i listed them one through five but uh not really in order of like who i think is the best that would take a lot more time to think about so the top five for me first one i put was denzel washington Uh, he i mentioned him in my last podcast uh not i like him him as a person but his acting abilities are insane uh, he's he's very he has a wide range right where, where tom hanks is just forrest gump all the time 
Denzel can be anybody. Number two, I put Will Smith. Um, Men in Black, Pursuit of Happiness, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, that that show is a classic and, and will be popular for the rest of time. Number three, I put Ryan Reynolds, um, even though he's Canadian, because um, I think he's funny. He does a lot of self-deprecative humor. When you watch the Deadpool movies, because um, he was in the Green Lantern, and that was a bad movie, but it's not like, I don't think it was his fault. Um, I just, I just like, I like Deadpool and, uh, I, I'm, the next movie's coming out where it's called like Guy or something. Um, but Free Guy. guy. Yeah. That, that seems funny. And I want to watch that because he's in it. And number four, uh, I put Sarah Highland and that's the, that's the actress that plays, uh, I, what is her name? Uh, it's one of the siblings on Modern Family, not Alex and not the boy, but the, Haley, yes, Haley. Um, she fits, I don't know if it's the, the director or whatever, but she knows that character inside and out. And to the point where, like, you believe that's who she's, that's what she's like outside the show. And I, there, there's a lot of talent there, I can tell. And then in my last one is Matthew McConaughey. Um, I mean, you could go back and, uh, what was the name of that movie where he goes like, all right, all right, all right. Days and Confused, which is an older movie. Um, he could play that character, but then turn around, I mean, obviously a long time later, and play Interstellar, which is an intense space movie. Um, and I also like, people make fun of him and meme about him, but his Buick commercials, I think are good. Uh, and I think he is... Uh, an underrated act. He was in a show, a TV show, where he played a cop, I think, like an investigator. And I, I don't think, I never watched it, but I uh, I heard that it was really good. And I've watched clips of him in it. Um, I've never watched like a full episode, but I've watched his like, clips of him in it. And he did a really good job. So those are my top five. So now we're going we're gonna to see what Lauren has to say. All right. So for my top five, I have Hugh Jackman. Um, I think he's very versatile. He could go from being a action star to starring in The Greatest Showman and singing and dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, next, I have Max Greenfield. He is known for playing Schmidt on New Girl. Um, he is the sole reason that I am obsessed with that show, um, other than Nick Miller, of course. He And the fact that he's he is the sole reason on why that character had such a development arc is I think really amazing to me and I loved watching his little videos of him learning at home with his daughter during COVID with mm-hmm. his crazy mustache mm-hmm. um, next I have Dwayne The Rock Johnson I think this is a gimme because he's just an all around awesome guy um, very likable he could be in anything he could be in Moana he can be in The Fast and Furious he can be in um, The Tooth Fairy He anything he's in I, I, I'm going to watch and I love it Next one is Robert Downey Jr. He, I love a redemption story. And not, not only is he a redemption story, but he is just an all-around, just an amazing personality. He had made me fall in love with Tony Stark. To me, he'll always be my Tony Stark. Yes. Um, if I ever read they, a... They perfectly. perfectly. I can't imagine anyone Not at all. Um, and my last might be a little bit of unpopular opinion, but I have Nicolas Cage. 
this dude, he just loves to act. You can see in everything he does, he has been a meme forever, but he accepts basically any role and he gives his all. Um, I recently watched a video of him uh, learning under a chef for months because he is playing a role of of a guy who's been living out on his own um, in the woods forever. And he looks like he's been living in the woods for forever. Um, But I really respect his dedication to the craft, um, no matter what people say about him. Yeah, I I agree. Nick Cage is uh, very underrated. I'm not saying he's the greatest actor of all time. I'm just, I just think, you know, he's, he's in so many movies that you've never heard of because he just loves to to act. He loves the craft, like you said. And uh, so I feel like our lists are pretty strong. And if you disagree with us, uh, you're wrong. Um, so that's going to be it for this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed, uh, the switch up with, uh, you know, having my sister, we're going to try to make this more of like a, a consistent thing. Um, whatever fits her schedule, uh, or she could turn me down and never want to be on my show again. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. And, uh, I will catch you guys in the next one. Mm-hmm.